in our sin, in our weakness. Change lives, changing lives. That has something to do with my sermon. I promise. I think you want to put that hot plate up on that, uh, up on the, yeah, put that up there already. She wants it hot. You better grab her. She's liable to trip. <laughs> I ain't what to call it in. I'm 65. I've already had it done to me. Y'all can call in what you want to. You can say you ain't going to fall all you want to say you ain't going to fall. The deal is you got to get back up. Come on, somebody. Come on. <laughs> Changed lives, changing lives. I get to finish this up. I got a little ring in my... I don't mind having an echo. That means I'm saying it twice and don't even have to try. Huh. Boom. Bam. I don't even know what that means, boom, bam. Just people do that kind of stuff because it sounds stupid. I know as well as the next believer in here, we so want others to change. You know, I would say that we really want to change, but really we want others to change. <laughs> then we don't have to. You ever thought about that? If I could just get everybody else to change. Robert, if I could get you straightened out, you wouldn't irritate the hockey sticks out of me. You understand what I'm saying? It's all about we can get everybody else to change. I mean, the reason why there's gossip in the world is because we're wanting everybody else to do what we want them to do. So we talk about them, and in reality, we're exposing our weakness. We somehow want... God just to overpower their will and manifest in such a way that they could not but turn to Jesus like we have. <laughs> I say that in sarcasm. If they could just get it like we got it. Well, if we got it right, why are we still talking about them? And I am telling you, this ain't even about gossip, Rodney, so don't worry about it. If we really want this, what are we willing to do about it? You really want somebody to change. What are you willing to do about it? You don't need to answer back because you're not doing it. This is truly the truth we must deal with. What are we willing to do about seeing others change and us being part of that process? If we want to have an anointing, this has to that has the ability to do this, we must be willing to have a changed life. When you hear the word anointing, it's a church word that means that God's given you grace to work in His will to help have an influence over others. So don't let religious words turn you off. I shouldn't even use them. An anointing. Somebody goes, ooh, what is that? Some little angel dropping angel dust on you? No, not really. We must be willing to have a changed life if we want to help change others. This is the challenge for all of us. I've heard several of you in here say, that's just the way I am. Well, you don't get to be the way you want to be. You just don't get to do that. If you're going to be involved in building the kingdom of God, I don't get to be what I want to be because sometimes in my flesh, I really want to be an idiot. And matter of fact, just to be honest with you, sometimes I am. And I'm probably a better idiot than most of you at it. Because I'll expose it and don't care. And then I'm sitting there showing off and God says, okay, big boy, let's, we're going we're gonna to change you today. 
You know, change is sometimes painful. Y'all ever notice that? It ain't like Christmas, because when I get Christmas, I like that change. That little giddy feeling you get, you get to open that present. If it's not what you want, you kind of look sad when it's returned to cinder. <laughs> First Corinthians 2.16, Isaiah's question, it says, Is there anyone around who knows God's Spirit? Anyone who knows what He is doing has been answered. This has been answered. Christ knows, and we have Christ's Spirit. Now, that's a benefit. If Christ knows, and we have Christ's Spirit, then we have the possibility... We maybe even have the promise if we'd walk in the action that can help change our life. And I know Pastor Kobe hammered this, but it's not irksome for me to continually talk about why we're not running three or four services a Sunday. A revival doesn't need to happen. A revival does. You got that? It's kind of weird, wasn't it? Vive it up. But that's what needs to happen. And then we can get people in here and have a revival. But God's looking for us to get vived up. I ain't talking about thrive, so don't be saying nah, 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 nah. I don't even know what that stuff is, and I'm sure you wouldn't help me. It'd probably work reverse. We must begin to think like Christ. Y'all didn't get that one. You know, I just ought to say that 25,000 times. We must begin to think like Christ. Amen. You know that challenge? Being wrapped in flesh and think like Christ? Oh, y'all ain't getting this. You're already thinking about the bull bash this afternoon. You ought to be praying nobody gets hurt this year. I'm not making fun. It's serious business. I'm not getting on a bull, so don't go out there to see that. I might be full of bull, but I'm not getting on a bull. I'm really not. I'm going to be speaking. Number one, what is meant by the mind of Christ? Don't you hear that? What is the mind of Christ? You know, I don't know about you, but I get up in the morning sometimes, and I don't feel like I have the mind of Christ. And I have a choice to either believe my feeling and operate from there or to believe the truth that is said since I'm born again. I have the mind of Christ. And I have to choose to operate with that mind. What is meant by the mind of Christ? His earthly ministry, His counsels and His promises to His disciples, His willing sacrifice reveal that mind and so fully and so clearly that we may justly say that mind has become and is the richest heritage and possession of humanity. You don't have anything more important than the mind of Christ. And it's the least used. They say we use 5% of our brain. I'm probably in the lower percentile, probably 2, 1.5. The point is, it's a great organ that God has given us. But even greater than that, if we can allow the Spirit of God to control that mind, we can use 100% of it. Just think what we're not using because we get up and most of us don't even consider praise Jesus. I get up every morning and put it on Facebook just to make sure I praise Jesus. I want you to get so used to seeing praise Jesus that you just want to praise Jesus that you get fat past the fact that I said it and nothing happened and keep saying it until something happens. Because it is going to happen. There you go. He says, 
See, here's what we have to get to when we have the mind of Christ. If he says it, I believe it. He says he inhabits the praise of his people. That means he will be there in the spiritual sense and activate his will. That's what it means. Praise Jesus. What do you have this morning that you don't like what's going on in your life, Don? Just praise Jesus. Huh? He's either going to use it to bring you to a place of change or he's going to use it to influence others to change. Praise Jesus. It can be a horrible situation. I've been in a few. You've been in a few. Praise Jesus. I'm telling you, I'm getting so consumed with this that I can't even do anything but pray. Every time I mess up, instead of going, oh, you sorry, good for nothing, loser. Y'all ever do that? Y'all don't? I know Howard does sometimes. Don't we? No, we, I, I mean, I'm the, wor- I'm the worst critic of myself. I just, am I the only one who just beats myself up when I mess up and go, look, you fool, you've been a Christian for 36, almost 37 years, and you're still doing that? Now I'm just starting to say praise Jesus because there's a change coming. Why? I have to invite his presence, Robert, to get the change instead of going, stay away from me. You know how we do when we get really wounded? Get away from me. Everybody just get away from me. Why do we do that? We ought to be saying, come here and help me. Pray for me. I know I don't want you here. My flesh don't want you here, but I know spiritually God says in community of the church, I need you to get through. I don't need to isolate. I need, I need you. I wish we could discern the body properly. You cannot get through by yourself. Well, I have. No, you're still by yourself. You can't. Why? Because the word says you can't. Number one, he was the, his was the mind that saw truth. This is Christ. Who has that mind? Say, I do. Come on, I'm trying to help you today. Say, I have the mind of Christ. If you're not born again, I'll pray in a minute. You'll get born again. You'll have the mind of Christ. I didn't say you've developed the mind of Christ. I say you have the mind of Christ. His was the mind that saw truth. Who sees truth? Say, I do. do. (laughs) Steve, you want to stand up and help me? Number two, his was the mind that loved good. Who sees good? I do. Y'all are getting this. Number three, his was the mind that chose right. Who chooses right? Just think, if you would stop choosing wrong and choose right, can you imagine how your day would go? Can you imagine if you saw truth instead of a lie? Can you imagine if you loved good more than you did anything else? Can you imagine if you chose right? Just those three. Number four, his was the mind that thought and planned and suffered for all men. Ooh, now wait a minute. I like those others. You have the same mind. That's what a changed life is in Christ. It's a life of servanthood. No, it really is. Even when it's inconvenient. Let me tell you the real truth. If it's not inconvenient, it's usually not God. <laughs> you didn't know that, did you? I just taught you something. D-boy, just first thing, he's writing it down. First time I've ever seen him writing down. He didn't bring a pad. He wrote it in his mind. Why? Because he has the mind of Christ. He won't forget. Trying to help you. His was the mind that thought, planned, and suffered for all men. Wow. 
If it's not one of those things going on, I would have to tell you that it's probably not God. If it's too convenient, God doesn't call us too convenient. God call, didn't call you to be comfortable. You know the rule. He called you to be faithful Amen. when it's not comfortable. Huh? There's so many things that we're challenged by that we're looking for somebody else to take care of when God has placed His Spirit in you. Amen? He's placed His Spirit in you. Therefore, you have His mind. You know His thought. You know His will. And you know the process and how to get there if you'll just stay the course. Since this is the mind, it's the mind we've been given through the Holy Ghost. If you're saved, don't tell me you don't have the Holy Ghost. If you're saved, you have the Holy Ghost. It's impossible to be saved and not filled with the Holy Ghost. That's scriptural. That's Bible. Well, I believe in God. You know, to the world, they call him God. Isn't that right? But to the believer, we call him Father. You got to get this. The world calls him God. That means pick a God, any God. Which God are you talking about? But we call him Father. We call him Abba. We call him Daddy. Why? Because he's our Father. That's why you talk to him like that. Why? You've been given the Holy Ghost, which bears witness with Jesus that he is his Father and our Father. We're now able to think like, act like, and act like we think. Therefore, the will and intention of God. See, if we can get the mind of Christ to overcome this fleshly activity that we're involved in, we can not only think like Christ, but we won't have an issue with acting like Christ. This is a changed life. Without renewing of the mind, being filled with the Spirit, we become a liability to the faith. Any of y'all ever have uh, just liability on your insurance? I've done that. And if you have a wreck and it's your fault, do you know who pays? Yeah, you can't say. <laughs> it's a bad scene, isn't it? I did this the other day. I don't know if I told you about this. Maybe I did. Did I tell you about hitting that trailer? That's a, that's a shame. I'm going to tell you the real stupid thing about this. Now, I don't know what my deduction is, but I found out I didn't only have liability. I had full coverage. But I paid for it and didn't know it. Well, that's all right. It was probably a $1,000 deduction anyway, and it was 943 So what would I have won? I don't know the math there. It's close to a thousand, though. <laughs> I have the mind of Christ. Let me. T -t 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 -t. <laughs> if I was supposed to know that, I'd already know it. It'd be God's will, so I don't. So don't worry about it. See, listen. When we're liable in the faith, that means we cause a wreck, and somebody's got to pay for it. And the problem is, even though we are supposed to know better, I would like to say it's us that pay for it, and it is to a degree, but the person that we hurt, the person that we cause to stumble, those are the ones paying for it. I don't want to be a liability to the faith. I want to have the changed life. It has the influence to help change others. Romans 1.16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. You know, people think when you're not ashamed of the gospel, you have to go to work and you have to preach the gospel instead of work. It's not what we're talking about. When you're at work, as Pastor Kobe said last week, you've got to work with integrity, the kind of integrity that Jesus would work with. Jesus would live his witness out on the job, and after the job, he'd witness and minister verbally about the kingdom of God. On the job, he would live the kingdom of God. Huh? 
There's a difference. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. That doesn't mean I go to work and, and beat everybody over the head with the gospel. That means that everything I do at the job looks like that I'm doing it out of joy, out of concern to build the company I'm working for and to prosper not only them, but I will prosper as well. That's what we have to see as a kingdom builder. That's what we have to see as a changed life. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. If there's one thing that I'm known for in this community, it's being a Jesus freak. That's what I'm known as in this community. I am unashamed. Most of you know that. I'm unashamed of the gospel. We'll talk about it at Walmart. We'll pray for you in HEB. We'll do whatever we have to do because we're unashamed of the gospel. Why? Because he was unashamed of me. Listen, if somebody ought to be ashamed, it ought to be Christ being ashamed of me. Help me, Jesus. And he's never been ashamed of me. Even after I get saved and act stupid, he still loves me. He always looks at me like I do my son and, and, my, and my two grandsons and all my grandkids. I just you say it like that. That's my boy. That's my boy. That's the way God looks at me. He goes, you're my boy. But I go, God. He goes, you're still my boy. Makes me feel good when he says that because I'm wanting to say, but you don't. I know. Don't you hate it when somebody knows everything? Well, not really. <laughs> not really. I kind of like it. God knows everything. But isn't it cool? He knows and he still calls me his boy. That's not a cut down. It's a, it's a term of endearment. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for salvation of everyone who believes and for the first Jew and then the Gentile. To not be ashamed of the gospel means we'll allow the mind of Christ to have dominion or dominance over any compromise the world demands we participate in. You know, I always come back to this. Every time something really happens radical and out of the box, those of us that are believers, we always go, when, when something happens, let's just, now let me, somebody gets killed, you know, murdered, Somebody gets molested. Somebody gets really, something happens so radical that we want to step out of our faith and say, you know what, I can handle everything, but not this. I saw this on Facebook the other day. Something happened, and some lady was writing, you know what, I can handle everything, but I'm fixing to, Christianity and this do not go side by side. I know God would not want me to allow this and act right on this. So they were going to take off their mantle of Christianity, step over in the flesh, and do what everybody else would do. As much as some of those things really do dishevel me on the inside, I pray I would handle them like a changed life. Because if I don't, I will never be able to help change others. Never. They'll always say, well, you know, there's this place in Christianity when you don't get your way or when somebody oversteps their bounds or there's always a condition that you don't have to. Listen, anybody can do the first mile. You gripe all the way, but it's the second mile you get to the place of submission. That's when you know your life's changed. When you say, look, 
the first mile you're sitting there carrying whatever you're carrying for somebody if you don't know in the scripture it talks about carrying the first mile and then the second mile so you're carrying this thing the whole time you're saying this jerk's making me carry this I can't believe this and then you finally the mind of Christ for the first mile he has to talk to you are you listening to me the first mile he's going you know I wanted you to do this didn't you yeah I know but I don't know why I'm having to do this I don't even like this guy at the end of the first mile you look at him and go uh, are you going further well, I got another mile. I'll tell you what, I'd love to carry this for you. See, that's when you know it's the first mile he has to break you. It's the second mile he's got to make you. Isn't that right? That's a changed life. It doesn't mean that you're going to grow up and wake up and every day is going to be just a perfect day and you're going to have a smile on your face and eat hot fudge Sundays, which I think it's a great idea. I love hot fudge Sundays, but I really believe it can be like that when we finally embrace a changed life. It's a praise Jesus kind of day. Yeah. Romans 2, 17 through 24. Look at this. You who call yourselves Jews are relying on God's law and you boast about your special relationship with him. Do you know how many Christians? I want you to put Christian in there when you talk. It's talking about the Pharisees. But I want you to put Christian in there because some of us act just like a Pharisee. Because we have something special with God. Because we got up earlier than everybody else and met with God. So God gives us a gold check and a star and a smiley face and all other little emoji that makes you feel good. I hate emojis. <laughs> well, I don't hate them. Come on. But, you know, some of you are so into that. I sent one to my wife yesterday morning of some people going down some kind of slide or something because I'm a morning person and she wrote back some scripture that said, you might as well curse your neighbor to yell loud at them in the morning. <laughs> Buster, I was doing a friendly emoji. I'm up in the morning. Phew! That's the way I am. She said, I might as well curse her. You who call your, you know what he wants. You know what is right because you have taught his law. Okay, you know. You are convinced that you are a guide for the blind and a light for people who are lost in darkness. Talk about Christians. You think you can instruct the ignorant and teach children the ways of God, for you are certain that God's law gives you complete knowledge and truth. Well then, here we go. Are you ready? If you teach, if you teach others... Why don't you teach yourself? You tell others not to steal, but do you steal? I want you to think about that. Just how many ways do you steal? We think it's something going to the grocery store. That's really nothing. You say it's wrong to commit adultery, but do you commit adultery? You condemn idolatry, but do you use items stolen from pagan temples? You are so proud of knowing the law, but you dishonor God by breaking it. No wonder the scriptures say the Gentiles blaspheme the name of God because of you. I'm talking about if I don't change my life, I have no hand in changing others. Because if I do change them, they're going to be like me. 
I have the mind of Christ. Why, Robert? The Bible tells me I have the mind of Christ if I'm born again. I'm born again. I'm going to heaven. Regardless what you think and what you see here, I'm going to heaven. Now, I have to determine on a daily basis the mind of Christ will have its rule and reign in my life. Now, it's not because, okay, I'm going to read more scripture than you. I'm supposed to. It's not because I'm going to pray more than you. I'm supposed to. The truth is I'm supposed to allow each one of you access to me because you might have something to say to me that sets me free from me. But we're so afraid when somebody speaks to us, they're kind of meddling instead of allowing God to speak through them that might have an impact on our life and set us free from where we've been so in bondage of for years. That's because our mind is messed up. Truthfully, when we, when we meet here every Sunday morning, you ought to be so attentive on somebody saying something to you and what they're saying. And I, I, will, I, will, I will want to remind you of this that you ought to be thinking about God. <laughs> you ought to be thinking not about, do I have something to say to somebody, but the fact that I have met with God, so when I get here, I'm in community with these other people, and if God gives me something to say to Leroy, Leroy doesn't say, well, I don't like what he said. He has the capability to receive what I said. Like my wife says, eat the meat and spit out the bones. You see, I don't think we look at each other like that. I don't think we look at each other like we're spiritual enough to talk to each other. I think that we, we so bought the lie of the enemy that it's only me that can speak to people, and that's wrong. Because so many people sometimes talk so crazy in the faith that we're so afraid to listen to anything, when in reality, we all are in the same culture in this church. One of the cultural things we do is have a Jesus day. Another one I'm trying to get started is praise Jesus. I'm going to praise Jesus whether you do or not. And I'm going to, Terry beats me to it on Facebook because she gets up at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> Whew! I was up this morning. My dog had to go outside. I wanted to woo him. <laughs> Are we going to teach others and not teach ourselves? Are we going to demand that others change and we won't change? I've said, I've had many say to me, they say they're Christians, but I've seen them. You remember when Peter was determined he was not one of the disciples? I'll say this, and some of you still do it, and it doesn't bother you a bit. The third time the lady saw him at the fire, what did she say? He said, she said, you're one of them. And he said, hot dang, son of a gun, you blankety blank. And she said, yeah, you couldn't be one of them. They don't talk like that. You shout me down. You're getting quiet in here right now, aren't you? See, it's not a matter. You have the freedom to do what you want to do. The point is, does your freedom override the victory for somebody else's life? Then that's not freedom. What answer do we have for those that abuse their freedom in view of the lost? I call them grace abusers. You're abusing the grace God gave you to set you free from what you're in bondage to. I'm not condemning you for it. Quit asking God. I, I just quit praying and asking God to deliver you from something he's already delivered you from. Start thanking him for the deliverance. He said on the cross in a scream that shattered the 
atmosphere of the entire universe is finished. We win. That's what he did. Everything you need that pertains to life and godliness has been released. Quit asking for it and start thanking him for it. Praise Jesus. Grace abuser. 1 Corinthians 6.20, For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Don't you mess with me, get up in my business. Remember, God can get in your business because you're his. So how does this keep happening to me? I don't know. Ask your father. You keep putting yourself in position to get it. <laughs> you ought to be receiving some great things instead of getting some of the things you're getting. Huh? I love that about giving. Every time you start talking about money, people kind of get uneasy. I don't know why. You don't get uneasy when you go into H-E-B. It's so ridiculous. They're proud. H-E-B is proud. Amanda, they even have a thing that tells you what you owe before you walk out. They're ringing it up in your face. Cha-ching, cha-ching. She always says, that'd be 83, and I got nothing. Sorry, Cindy, where we are. $83, and I got, back in the day, you'd get two or three carts. You don't remember that. You wasn't born. Some of them remember, don't they? Huh? Wouldn't it be cool at the church if we had a cash register back there at the door? Cha-ching, you can't leave. You can't leave, you. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Whew, I'm getting changed up in here. Cha-ching, you're going to get your change. No, I'm just... I'm just being silly. But think about it. What if God was making a tally? I'm talking about your life, guys. I'm not talking about your money. I've told you this before, and I'll tell you again. God is the God of the universe. He's my daddy, my father, and I believe in his son, and I got the Holy Ghost, and I have the mind of Christ. And bless God, if he can take care of my eternity, he can take care of my money. How silly are you? Some of you in here that refused for that to happen as a believer and a son will always be on barely get along street. You have to be. Why? Or God's a liar. You won't build the kingdom of God. See, when he's doing the cha-ching, it's what's going to the kingdom of God. And in heaven, you're, it's going to your register. That's the great thing. 1 Corinthians 7, 23, you're bought with a price, be not servants of men. Be not ye the servants of men. You have to realize that's mean men of the world. Don't bow to the pressure of the world. To have a changed life that is changing lives, you must know what you belong to. As a result, my life is changing. It is changing others. Too many believers have lives that may be saved, but the exchange life God has given us through Jesus has not been implemented. You just got to, I'm me, and I'm going to be me, and this is the way I see it. Well, you don't get to see it the way you want to see it. Come on, you're a changed life. Your goal is to see others changed, first in your family, then closer relatives, then people in the community, and then to have an effect on people in community in the church. Changed lives is so important because I'm changing lives, but I have to have a changed life. You know, when you get offended, do you know what it's all about? God is in the middle of changing something, regardless whether you were right or wrong. And when you turn and run, you stop the process. 
and have to start all over again. Well, I'm leaving here. Okay, take your garbage somewhere else, but it'll have to be dealt with. We usually find a church that tells us how wonderful we are. And it's so shallow that it never finds out who we really are. They might find out we're not so wonderful. But I know who is, praise Jesus. I am his boy. Man, I can get in some mess. I just got to keep thinking. I'm his boy. It used to be kind of a low thing. No, I'm his boy. I want to be his boy. When you defend your sin above the grace of God, you become used to your thorn in the flesh. We'll talk about that in a minute. It is our thorn in the flesh. What is it? You know the sin that we carry around with us hoping others do not notice or maybe they have come to accept it as we have. <laughs> I didn't get a laugh out of that. Y'all know what that is? It's your sin in the flesh. It's what you carry around with you and you're hoping nobody notices or maybe they've just accepted it like you have because it's who you are. Huh. I thought you were bought with a price, Noah. I'm bought with a price. I don't get to be who I want to be. But I want to be who he wants me to be because I have his mind. Right? Have you ever tried to walk with a thorn or splinter in your foot? Y'all ever tried that? I was going to have a <laughs> an example up here driving a splinter into somebody's foot up here. I didn't think I'd have a volunteer. Except Leroy. <laughs> Leroy would do it. Don't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you limping? I've always walked that way. <laughs> Let me tell you something about a splinter. Number one, affliction is a splinter, is the antidote to pride. If you get a snake bite, you've got to have an antidote, something to kill the poison. Affliction is the antidote to pride. I'm telling you right now, as soon as you get afflicted, you're not near as high and haughty and mighty as you thought you were. Isn't that right? Go through a little trouble and let, let me see your arrogance then. Matter of fact, you'll call on somebody to pray for you. Affliction is the antidote to pride. There comes a timely affection or rebuke, not merely to correct pride if it's indulged, but to anticipate and prevent its rising. Pride. Affliction is the antidote. You got pride today? Can I tell you what's headed your way? <laughs> don't tell me that <laughs> myself walk in pride see what it gets you it's biblical affliction's the antidote you always crawl in low and stay low crawl out low when the stuff hits the fan it goes over you come on somebody you might have missed that number two prayer the antidote to despondency prayer Man, when things aren't going right, what do you think you ought to do? Well, what if it doesn't happen the first time? What do you happen to happen the second time? You keep praying. You keep praying. You understand? Prayer is the antidote. When things are just, it doesn't seem like anything's going. It took Paul three times to pray, and the third time, listen to this, God showed up. We pray one time, and we pray very shallow. Okay, God, I don't know what's going on here, but I hate this, and I'm crying, and I'm mad. I'm going to go get drunk. That'll help it. I don't feel that splinter near as bad. 
Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Huh? Prayer, the antidote to despondency. When things aren't looking good, pray. I'm talking pray until you get an answer. Pray. Pray with the body. Why do you think Monday night's so important? Do you think we have nothing better to do? Listen, we're praying for this church. We're praying for this community. We're praying for this county, this state, this nation. We're praying for our president. The time we spend in outside activities compared to prayer is an embarrassment to the building of the kingdom of God. Well, but our kids have to be in, really? Okay. Let me quit meddling. Three. <coughs> Three. <coughs> Maybe I'm getting young again. Where's my wife? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Abraham and Sarah. No more kids. I'm almost finished today. Christ's grace that sweetens all. This is why you can make it through the first two. His grace sweetens all. He knows well the piercing thorns and the fiery darts and the blast of the terrible ones. He can have compassion. He did not indeed see fit to relieve Paul of the distress, but assured him of compensative grace and sustaining strength. He's not always going to get you out of these things, but he's surely going to get you through them. You're his boy. That's generic, ladies. You're his boy. He's right there with you going through. You told him you gave him your life when you were baptized. You died to the old. You rose to the new and said, I'm going to be your boy. And he goes, you're my son. Now we're going to walk different. We're going to walk a changed life. That's grace. The flesh could mean physical weakness or it could mean the enemies of the faith. Pray, therefore, the grace of God is at your disposal. Defeat the enemy and move forward. Just defeat the enemy. Get up every day and say, praise Jesus. I'm your boy. I'm reading my Bible because I don't have to. I want to. I want to know what you're talking about me today. I want to know. Listen, Jesus is not gossiping about you. He's trying to tell you how valuable you are. He's trying to tell you how you were so important, he died. So stop right now. You ready? You got grace. I wanted everybody to do this, but I think some of you probably shouldn't do it. Pull off your shoe and remove the thorn. Don't do it. I've seen some of your feet. You ought to see mine. They're terrible. Pull off your shoe and remove the thorn. Spiritually, why don't you do that? Come on, why don't you do that? Why don't you trust Jesus to change? There's some of y'all got so many in there, I don't know how you walk. It's the grace of God's giving you the ability to walk. But really, it's the grace that he wants to deliver you from. You know what I really think about Paul? He prayed three times, and I believe he was in the middle of such a struggle that instead of God plucking him out, he went through it. And I think he learned from that, that no matter what he was in, he would pray and God would take him through it. He was no longer looking to get out of it. He knew to be a boy, the boy. I'm your boy. I'm going to have to go through instead of being ejected. You know the jets that had the ejection? It's going down. 
I'm hitting the ejection button and God's going, you're going down with it. <laughs> what? Don't y'all feel that way sometimes? Am I the only one? Well, by God, I'm telling you, if I'm going down with it, he'll rise me up. Raise me up. Do whatever he has to do. Come on, somebody. Let him do it. Why? His grace is taking me through. All Christians think we got to get out of this place. No, you don't. You got to go through this place. You got to go through this trial, Randy. You got to go through this temptation. You got to go through this difficulty. Why? Because when you get to the other side, grace will now finally be used and expressed. And you'll be able to not only be changed, but change others. You can't change others without going through grace. Some of y'all walking around and your grace jar is so full it's running over. You ever take something up in the air, flying somewhere, and you get where you're going, you open it up, it goes, makes a mess everywhere. It really does. Some of your grace jars, when you open them up today when you get home, be careful. Don't do this by yourself. Have a mate there with you praying for you or something. Grace is so important. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 says, Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Told you about pride. I believe the thorn in the flesh is there to keep us humble, to encourage the application of grace, to remind us we are servants of the Most High God. Thorns not to drive you away. Thorns not to make you limp. Thorns to keep you ever mindful that who's, who's your father and whose boy are you. That's what it's there for. That's what the thorn is there for. I'm his boy. I don't need to worry about the injury that I'm walking with. He, why, he's taking me through that. Why? I hate to tell you, but there'll be a victory, and there'll be a victory walk, but there's some more thorns on the way. But if there's more thorns on the way, Nathan, there's more grace. There's more grace. Why? He doesn't take away what you used. It never is taken away from you. It is always added to. So when you get to the next one, you go, well, I've... That ain't so bad. I made it through that one. I'm going to get through this one. The limp ain't near as long. The pain ain't near as strong. Why? Because you're a changed life. And the people you thought you could never change or have an influence over have to change because you've changed. They can't help it. Who ever thought Dennis Hill would get saved? About one guy. No, it's true. The rest of them thought I'd die and go to hell. They wouldn't even mess with me, a demon-possessed dude. He's crazy. Servant, in this sense, means subjection or submission without the idea of bondage. In other words, there's only pleasure in honoring to serve. How many of y'all like that? You like to serve? Don't raise your hand because I don't want you to lie. How many of y'all like to serve? You really like to serve without thinking what you're going to get at, get back. I don't mean on a job. That ain't getting paid. I'm talking about serving and God being your payment. I mean really serve without saying, well, I've done this and I didn't get anything back for it. You're right. You didn't even get what God was going to give you because you wanted back from the world. And the world, if it gives you something, it demands so much more. You can't give it back what it demands. Let me give you a real example of a changed life and its capacity of changing lives. Dorothy, this is one of the best cooks I know. 
Dorothy Hancock, great, great cook. I mean, she can cook. Y'all give her a hand clap. She's going to make something for me. We're talking about servant right now. We're talking about a changed life. If a changed life is not a servant, then you're probably not a changed life nor a servant. A real servant does it because they want to, and it's a desire they receive from God, not because you have to, nor receiving a payment. You do it of a willing heart. You can go when you're ready. She is going to make a flour tortilla for me. Now, I want, I want, you don't get it either. I do. <laughs> she is making this right now. She's putting salt in it. Uh-oh. Bacon powder. See, I, w- I want you to get this here. Salt, bacon powder. Mixing it up a little bit. What is this? She's putting a little lard in it. You don't have lard, you can't eat nothing. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Huh? Now, she's mixing this up pretty good. She's probably at home. She'd do a little more aggressive. It's okay if you get it on the carpet. I'm the one that'll vacuum it up. Or I'll get Rod, too. That's okay. Oh, there. You need your water? Okay. Add a little water to this. You see the ingredients? There has to be some ingredients. See, some of y'all are refusing the ingredients. Yeah, you got the Holy Ghost, but you got to allow God to use those. Look here, getting, getting kind of sticky in there. It's kind of taking shape. Oh, come on, somebody. It's kind of taking shape. Now, you, look, you watching what we're doing? Some of y'all are getting hungry, but don't, don't charge the stage. Boy, she's really beating this up good. You ought to see how she's smashing this. You want to be a servant? Yeah, that's, I thought I'd get that answer. This is what it takes to be a servant. Look at this. She is wearing this stuff out. She's only done this a million times. I mean, she's, she's, she's a, a true Mexican. She's a true Mexican. She knows how to... Can you speak Spanish? Yes, I do. That's my girl. It, I can write it too. And she can write it too. For some of you in here, just in name only. This is a real one. She knows how to cook. She, I'm meddling. Yeah, James. James, you be quiet. He only has the last name. Look at this. I want y'all to see this. Look at this. She is wearing this thing out. This is what it is to be a servant. I want you to see this. All of you that are sitting there thinking, well, I would serve. Well, this is the way you're going to get to serve. It's gonna, you're going to have to go through this, and probably more than once. But I'm going to show you what it's going to make here in a minute. See, but she's got to do it just right. And I don't know how she knows when it's right, but she does. God knows when it's right. Some of you are going, he better use me now. No, he's still not through abusing. No, excuse me. <laughs> he's still got to break you down. Some of you don't like this. This is too hard, isn't it? Isn't it hard? 
This is what really happens. Look at this. I mean, she is, I don't know if I want to be a servant. Wow. See how she knows how to do that? Do you understand? God knows exactly what you need. Don't run from it. Don't run from it. This is what you're going through. Boys, it, 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 it looks kind of painful. It feel, I imagine it does feel painful. Uh-oh. Now look at this. She squeezed it off. She's making little chunks here. How'd you know it was ready? Um, it's just the way it feels. Just, just the way it feels. Mm -hmm. It's just the way it feels, and it's, it's manageable to do that. So it's kind of like, like God is the potter, and we're the clay, and he just kind of knows how it feels. Right? right? He just kind of, and then he knows what to do with it. Now look, you, you would think that'd be enough. That's not all there is. Look here. Look what's going on here. Now she's putting a little more flour to dry it out a little bit more. You know what you got to have? <laughs> You're going to have to get broke down from all of you. Do you understand? That's what it's all about. You getting broken down from all of you. You know what the sad thing is? Many of us will never even get to a place where, where we can be separated to be used. We're Christian, but we never felt like we know what it is. Now, what, what are you doing now? You're going to spread them to make tortillas. Help me, Jesus. Don't touch that thing. It's hot, hot, hot. I'm loving this. There's lettuce, tomatoes, cheese, meat, turkey. Turkey. No, they're in. It's turkey. It's turkey. I want you to get this. I want you to get this. Look at this. She, now she rolled it out. You go ahead and do what you got to do. She rolled it out. Some of y'all have had these used for other things. And now she's put it where? It's getting hot. It, 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 it's really getting hot. Now, didn't you think that'd be enough just to separate us into a bowl? Then you pour water on it. It looks like you're going to bring us to life. Then you beat us half to death. Then you put a little something other with us, salt and some other seasoning. Then you beat us up and knead us up. Then you separate us. Then you roll us out. And then you put us on a hot plate. Is that what you want to be? That's what a servant is. This is what a servant of the Lord really is. Now listen to me. I'm not finished yet, so don't say, well, I ain't going to do that. Let me tell you something. You're his boy. You're going to do this. This is what you get to do. Don't you love it? <laughs> I hope I don't run people off of the church. There you go. It's all right. Let it sit there. I want them to see when it's over, what it looks like. Is it going to get hot enough? You put it straight on that other thing. No, don't grab that thing. I don't want to have any kind of lawsuit. Just be patient with me. It's going to work because I have some other things I want to show you. Yeah, now it's starting to gin a little bit, isn't it? See, now we're, now we're, what does the heat do to something? Anytime there's enough heat, it causes a what? A chemical change. Well, in the Bible, it causes a spiritual change. 
And what's happening is when God allows you to go through this stuff, it causes a spiritual change. And now you can become a usable product of the Lord. But you got to be to a place where you can be heated up. If you're going to get there, it's all right. Well, I don't know about that, but it's hot enough for my hand. That's pretty hot. Just let it sit there a second. Don't you like waiting? You know why? It takes time. It takes time to become a, a, a believer that's usable from God. We want it. Well, I came to church. I read my Bible for two days. I prayed. I am in the ministry once a month. And shot me down. It takes time. It takes time. It takes time. I'm glad this is taking time. It is. Mm, that's sure smelling good. They can't smell it like I can up here. Mm. We ain't letting none of them have it. Mm-mm-mm. It's all right. Doesn't matter. Okay, make another one. Put it on there. Now I want to use this. If I can hold it, you can go ahead and keep working. I just want to use this for a second. The first thing you notice about this is what? It's flat, so that means there's a, a degree of humility. But what else do you notice about it? What does that mean when it's flat like this? Anybody know? What? It's to be used, okay. But what else do we know about bread like this? What's it called? Oh. So for God to use us in a greater degree... We've got, what does leaven stand for? What does it stand for? So God removes the sin. And now we become an humble vessel that he can use. Okay? Now this is what we are to the people in this church, to each other first. And then we are to this community. And that is we're like that. How we, so what do we have to serve? Well, maybe we have... Our, our gifting is, I don't know, maybe it's the gift of helps. So when anytime somebody sees us, we're nothing more than an awesome-looking tortilla. But we're servants because we're sinless in the eyes of God. So now we can be, our giftings take place now. So what, what is my gift? Well, the gift of helps. Okay, so I have the gift of helps. How about maybe, oh, let me use this, tomatoes, tomatoes. I got a little, little gift of prophecy for somebody, okay? Are you, are you seeing what I'm saying? See, no matter what we put on here, what gift that it might be, do you understand this is how we serve? This is who we are. Now, when I serve somebody something, I want you to get this. All this stuff on top stands for something that God is serving through me. It's not what I'm serving. It's what He's serving. Are you getting this? I'm nothing more than a tortilla. That's all I am. And then God gives me my giftings of various sorts 
but I can use some of his giftings. I can use some of your giftings. I can use everybody. We're a community, a church together. And when we serve something, it's not just me serving it. It's the body of Christ serving it. Are you getting this? This is what all of us are. We're just a flat tortilla. That's it. And in the eyes of God, you're sinless. And until you allow him to break you like this, you'll never know what it is to be served freely, or I mean to serve freely, and you'll always be looking for something in return. Listen to me. I'm excited about what I get to give, not what I get back. Because what I get back, God always, I said, somebody say always, always. meets my need. Just because I became this. I want you to work on this. Don't be looking at this like you're going <laughs> to. Oh, y'all want to see? Doesn't that look good? Yeah. Here's what I want you to see. Is this you? Are you ready to be served? You leave today, you're going to be ready to. See, so quit running from the process. You're a changed life, and you can only change others by allowing God to put you in a position to be a servant. You got this? 